The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hey, happy Monday morning here on Dick and Skippy in the Mornings. It's Monday, June the 8th, 2020. Anna Domini, if you're uh, catching us live, or now I put it into context. 9.30 on the dot here in the Lone Star Community Radio Studios and sunny and slightly breezy downtown Conroe. Right now it's 82 degrees outside. It's going to get up to 93. Yeah, and there's a <laughs> So I've always been comfort in the fact that I've been surrounded by four walls and a roof, Dick, in the studio. But for the first time, we're, we're short a wall. So behind me, slightly to my left on the other side of this door, there's no wall. There's just some plastic sheeting. Yeah. As the construction continues next door, with the wall that started collapsing, well, they finished the job, they collapsed that puppy, and now they're rebuilding it. So there's going to be a lot of banging on the air today. It's great. Yeah. But we're hanging out in the studio. We're broadcasting live on Facebook.com, so that's Dick and Skippy. And then we're also on Condors FM, 104.5, 106.1, worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget, we podcast and YouTube every show following the next by the next day. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on today. We do have a special guest today. We have Frank Robinson. Uh, he is the downtown manager for the city of Conroe. So it's not the same as the city manager, which a lot of people get confused. Uh, Including me. I was for a while. I thought Paul had left us. Yeah, so this is for downtown. If you don't really, if you haven't been paying attention to Conroe as a city, uh, for the past, I would say, three to five years, they've been doing studies of, you know, the impact of people moving here, the amount of growth, and then also talking about kind of restructuring what downtown is. Uh, so, uh, Frank is part of that stuff. So we're going to be having him in the studio at, at 10 o'clock. If you have questions for Frank, feel free to, uh, message, message us on Facebook or, uh, you can call text anytime, 936-228-9368. Uh, do you want to let folks know, folks know, man, I'm kind of messing up my words right now. Have some more coffee, um, Dick. I do want to let people know that we do have a guest on Wednesday and Friday, uh, all but uh, confirmed, so they talked about it. So we're going to have, hopefully, have Dan Zintek, a fellow police officer. Not fellow. Uh, he's a police officer here in Montgomery County. Are you undercover, Dick? Is that what this that's is all about? all about. I knew it. Uh, and then we also, hopefully, we have Joe's from Joe's Italian on Friday. Uh, and, yeah, so there's the morning upkeep. It is Monday. We're hanging out. It's the second week in June. Did you have a good weekend, Sean? I did. Good. I did indeed. Uh, on 
building up to Saturday afternoon and evening, um, did a lot of work for the Saturday evening um, uh, stageathon for Stageworks Theater, which is not live streaming three hour actually turned out to be like three hours and 45 minutes long telethon uh, that I was the MC for. So I was on an empty stage, logged in, uh, we had a lot of virtual acts. Uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of hard work went into it, but some good money was raised to help keep the theater um, good. keep its doors open. Okay. Well, uh, anything else going on you want to talk about today before we get our guests in? About well, yeah, the world's going to heck in a handbasket. But you I know. don't, I don't believe it is. I think it's all. Here's the thing: every generation thinks that this is it, and every young generation thinks that this is the one that's going to destroy yeah. us all. Every older generation thinks that the next generation is just a bunch of punks. I think the scariest thing is when you stop. It's ongoing. Well, when you stop paying attention to something that could drastically change the world and then it sneaks up behind you because the COVID thing still is very real <laughs> and is it dick and not according to the media well i mean uh, it's, it's gone what's i mean it's, it's, it's gone, not saying dude. it's gone i think it's more of it's just kind of scary because once you lit off the gas on that kind of scenario and people aren't still being safe so i mean i i can see something happening but i don't know where i don't I mean, from what I understand, it can't survive too long in, in heat, and it's getting up in heat here in uh, Montgomery County. I mean, we're hitting the 90s sometimes, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that helps slow the spread. Well, now, Cristobal also, because with the summer and with the heat also comes hurricanes, Yeah, and Cristobal has hit landfall, hit um, the New Orleans area, heavy rains and stuff, but nothing like, you know, the exodus to this part of town again. Uh Yeah. So my my typical PSA, if you don't have flood insurance, get it. Just get it. <laughs> well, I think what's important, too, and I, I I don't know, there's so many people that can be displaced by a hurricane, is have a plan B where you can take your family. I, I don't know if, because, you know, we've always had family further north in Texas, so it's always like, we could always just call them, and like, yeah, there you go. But I imagine there's a lot of people out there who don't have anywhere to go. And when you're faced with, oh, we got to leave within a day, where do we go? So figure that out right now. That way you have a plan B so you can actually get moving so you know where you're going. Right. Well, you know, point A, checkpoint alpha for me is my mom's house because she's in a part of the woodlands. It's close by, but it doesn't flood. So that's checkpoint alpha. That's where we schlep up to. Now, if the water start coming, then we all pack in and, uh, well, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> Checkpoint Baker was, of course, my sister's house in Dallas. is not there anymore. Well, it's the house is still there. We can always knock on the door and ask the new owners, hey, <laughs> we used to spend many holiday in this house. Can we come in, please? Uh, yeah, so so that's it. But, yeah, or uh, actually I think Checkpoint Baker would be grabbing a, a second-floor hotel room here in town because we'll probably end up living there the next three months anyways if the last yeah. flood has anything to do with that. Oh, that was – you remember that, that was nine months? Hey, I was. Yeah, uh, I this it. is and I were in hotel living. Six of those months were in. I told you to La think Quinta. of it. I told you to think of it as if you're a rock star and you're traveling. You know, but I couldn't trash it. That was the whole problem. Well, you, rock stars. That's. I. But now I understand why rock stars trash hotel rooms. I believe it. <laughs> I feel some. I feel well, empathy. Well, let's get into some controversy. I know the protests and everything is still. I don't know if they're still going on. I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, the protests are going on, but I know the rioting and looting seems to be going down the 
the anger, the frustration, the passion behind uh, the, well, I'm going to take away the word passion, uh, the anger and the frustration and the mindset behind rioting and looting tends to be shifting now towards let's just get rid of police departments. And that, that's an iffy topic right there. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but, you know, Minneapolis City Council voted unanimously to disband the police department. The mayor, who happens to be Democrat, is like, don't do this. And so it's kind of iffy. We have, I think, 14 officers just quit and said, basically, fine, if that's how you want it, you're on your own. So there's that. There's the, the, the camp saying to defund the police department is stupid. There'll be chaos everywhere, no law, no order. However, it's not unprecedented. In at least two situations in modern American history, there's been police departments that have been dissolved and replaced, but not by so much of a knee-jerk reaction, but by saying, okay, there is an ongoing issue here. So this is more of a knee-jerk reaction, and I think just to go around town saying uh, remove police departments in general in towns that basically you don't need it. I don't think HPD needs to be replaced. I don't think Conroe Police Department needs to be replaced. I don't think Houston Metro Police Department or, or Conroe Independent School District needs to be replaced. I don't think the Texas Department of Public Safety needs to be replaced. Or even the uh, those guys in LaGrange, Texas, who just love to give you a ticket for going two miles over the limit. They don't need to be replaced. Well, maybe there they do. I have no idea. I'm not living in Minneapolis. I have no idea what's going on. I agree with you. I don't know. However, anytime there's a knee-jerk reaction, rarely is is it a good thing. For just kind of in general across the well, board in life. I think that's what's so neat about the dynamic of social media being put into the decisions and what people's perspective of what's going on. Because now everyone's facing like when when is this issue extremely serious or is it is this just what people online disagree with and only certain people get online if that makes sense mm-hmm. I don't really don't know I mean Minneapolis they I, they probably feel like they had to do something for the public and it had they like they needed to make a decision sooner than later and that was the one that everyone kind of agreed on that you know they don't lose too much. And it isn't like they one day just fire everybody and don't have a police department. I, I mean, anyone who thinks but that. But that's what, again, a lot of people calling for that think it is. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that's, well, that's, again, those are the online Twitter mobs who are calling for it. And mm-hmm. Now, speaking of, like, mob mentality is kind of a segue. Uh, I want to touch at some point briefly upon how horrified I am at what the New York Times editorial board did over the weekend. Well, I think that's another example of the Twitter mob. But it wasn't a Twitter mob. It was the reporters in the New York Times going on. The Twitter mob was the reporters demanding the removal and retraction and removal of an editorial. Now, an editorial page in a newspaper or an editorial segment Mm -hmm. in a news broadcast is as sacrosanct to me as a separation of church and state. That page is there to to discuss, debate, outrage. That's what it's there for. New York Times has had members of the Taliban with their hate America, kill Americans rhetoric on their page, but this was too much by Cotton saying, 
if the police doesn't, if if civil discourse doesn't work, if the local police doesn't work, if the National Guard doesn't work, if local government doesn't work, if all else fails, this is the last resort, you need to bring in the military. Is it, is, are they going to uh, get SEAL Team 6 back in the... They don't operate the saddle. SEAL teams don't operate domestically. Oh, they don't. It's like the CIA. We don't. I mean, they don't operate domestically. I didn't read it. I didn't read the uh, op-ed piece, but I did know it created some controversy about his. That that was it. But it got it got morphed into he wants to bring cops and kill people, and so the editorial board of reporters basically went on a rampage saying our lives are now in danger because he's saying bring in the cops and kill us, which, of course, was not said. And I believe I could be wrong on this, but I believe in, like, for the first time in human history, an editorial that actually passed editorial standards, there's nothing in there that, that advocated violence or death or anything, was yanked, especially from the gray lady, which is New York Times. You know, this is, again... Enemies of the state, for, you know, sworn enemies who have sworn to kill Americans have gotten free forum on the New York Times editorial page. But this senator doesn't, or he does, and then the, the editor, first he defends it, then he apologizes for it, and that's what just he lost him for me. It's like, pick, with, pick one or the other. You're an editor. You don't get to waffle. Either defend it or not. And then saying, well, it didn't hit our journalistic standards, Cotton rightfully pointed out what standards did it not hit. We went through the rigorous uh, editorial vetting procedures, and of course, no, no science. So then he resigns. The edit- editor, the editorial board's editor—I know it's a mouthful of a job title—resigned, and that's just that sets a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous precedent because New York Times is one of like the greats. You got the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Los Angeles Times. You know some newspapers that are just American institutions. Now, you can be biased, of course. You, you know, the bastardization of Western media dates all the way, all the way back to before um, William Randolph Hearst. But it goes before them. But I mean, so I'm not, I don't have rose-colored glasses on saying, oh, you know, media is, is being biased. Of course they're biased. They're always biased. They always have been. They always will be. I don't care about that so much because I have alternate news sources. But for the New York Times editorial board to capitulate to its own reporters who basically said, we don't like what was said, so it must be removed. That goes far beyond yanking down the, the statue of a f- former Confederate soldier or Texas Ranger who stood well, yeah. in front of a body hanging in effigy. I mean, we're talking about, uh, well, the weirdest thing body is, hanging in effigy. you're talking about an op-ed piece. And like that's, Opinion me, that's, yeah, that's, editorial. That's the entire purpose of the page that's what's weird and it me. staggers now, me i get i get that if like a, a reporter in among the ranks has a you know a crusade against something like we're tired of this guy trying to do something with the way the new york times you know is trying to go dick but, my thought is even if the guy had basically said in some legal way kill all the blacks he still has that right to say it well, and, and face that, the consequences would you, would you say that it's, it's a good you thing don't to, yank it's an editorial a good thing to know these things about people and especially well yeah that's the whole point yeah it's to, like, oh we must get this out of our face you know it offends us so it must be removed that's where history is going to repeat itself if you delete white out pull down burn everything that offends you 
there you won't learn from it. Yeah. Should there be Confederate statues? That's above my pay grade. I think the idea of them should remain. Yeah, if you're gonna yank for every statue well, yanked I mean, down, is you're taking up valuable space if you want to put someone else. For every there. statue yanked down, teach a new course in high school about that person. The cautionary tale. Why was that statue yanked down? Since instead of just rolling into the harbor like they did in England, of all things, a former slave trader, there's a statue, they pulled it down and rolled it and dumped it in the harbor. And it's it's this this far away from a book burning, which cracks me up because this whole Antifa and fascism thing, people think fascism is far right. Oh, contraire. Fascism is total government control. The right tends to, with the exception of the bedroom for some odd reason, want less government. We want more deregulation, or the right wants more deregulation, less government, and the the, the power to make money. It's the left-leaning that wants more government control, and when you can control what the media says and does, and when the people can come out or not come out, or say what they can own or what they can eat, Michelle Obama with the with the school cafeteria plan. That, my friends, is the beginning of fascism. I'm sorry, I did not mean to get on the soapbox. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna step off it now because I did not mean to go down that. But I'm just so horrified at what the New York Times editorial board did. And I would love to hear You know it really contravening so thoughts. Much, you know how many times he's trying to get into that op-ed and he's like, you let this joker in? <laughs> Don't I have to be a senator to get this in? Right. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of these publications, that's, that's kind of where they have to turn to is to create a controversy within themselves and then people get asked to quite like hundreds of people are probably calling New York Times. Can we get a comment about why you ran this op-ed? Can we get a comment about the, you know that kind of stuff? And that goes on for a week and then it goes away. And no one, I don't think people who read the New York Times today are if they're going to get up in ar- like up in arms about an op-ed like that, then they're getting up in arms all the time because they're from what I understand their op-eds are always trying to be controversial. That's the whole idea of an op-ed, right? You're reading another. Person's yes, it point is of to view. it is to offend and and uh, provocate and or provoke. I mean, provocate. I'm sorry, I just made up a word there. I was thinking provocateur to prov- to provoke to invoke to. Question. That's the whole purpose of an op-ed page. Yeah. Well, I think that's also the dangerous, uh, the dangerous avenue people can go down when it becomes they get so outraged, and especially with social media, you're kind of like, man, I really wish this could be constructive, but you know, I feel like eighty percent of what's being said isn't being constructive at all, and I th- and I would love to be pointed to where actual change is happening because the only thing I'm seeing online is like they do blackout. They black out their deal, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, so, well, no duh, you support this guy. <laughs> like, what? And here's the thing with social... I've always felt that with the media, which by its nature, each media outlet has its own slant, bias, tilt, yeah. lean, whatever. But the sage person will take multiple sources in because somewhere in the middle is the, is, is the truth. And, and I don't want to... I don't like using the word truth, but... What I mean is, you know, there's a great, there's a musical with a great line in it. We both have truths or mine the same as yours. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't just rely on one media source. You, you need to read contravening media sources, left and right. If you just want to say we, we must get rid of conservative talk radio or Fox News because we don't like it, that leaves just 
the, the a majority that lean a certain way. You have to have this competition, again, which thrives in a capitalist society, not a socialist society. There is no competition in a socialist society. So you only get one side of anything. So that being, man, I'm just, I feel for the New York Times. I'm, I'm really bummed because I have a moral quandary. I am addicted to the New York Times crossword. It's one of the most difficult crosswords in America, and I, I, I nah, there's probably better ways. I've had the, I've had it on my phone. I, I do it every day, and I'm thinking, do I? I'll probably keep it because I'm a hypocrite like that. I guess I don't know. I'm just staggered that the editorial board would do it, and the editorial board had nothing to do with uh, Will Shorts, who's the crosswords editor. It's two different animals. And again, I can compartmentalize. Can you believe what he did on 19 across this week? <laughs> You're right. I'll see, what, I'll, I'll see all about that. But again, be able to well, compartmentalize it, just because that editorial board did something to me that was truly horrifying does not mean the whole paper needs to be burned to the ground or dismantled. Well, I, mean, I don't think really anything's going to happen. I think they. <coughs> I, I, can say, I can totally well, see large, larger corporations gonna, going like, hey, we, we, we need to make a decision because. Twitter called for it, and then like, well, what's the easiest? But this, one? again, this wasn't Twitter. Twitter, that that's what Twitter's there for, you know, to to rally people and say, okay, well, no, so and so donates no, to the, this, get a the rid of it. Authors at the New York Times went on Twitter and said, this is what's happening internally. Can you believe it? And that's what kind of turned the story. But they're the but, ones that walked out. So they're the ones I'm that demanded about two weeks ago, like whenever this op-ed was being circulated, about to be published. Uh-huh. This, there, there's a woman named like Barry Weiss, I think it is. Mm-hmm. She goes, something's going on here, and it's like it's the old guard versus the new guard. Yeah, because the old guard is saying this is what an op-ed piece yeah. is supposed to do, and the new guard's like, no, please don't offend us. We will, wa- we will hold our breath till our face turns blue if we are offended. Well, maybe that's what the New York Times needs to be is a piece that they, they just don't offend people. They'll be the safe news. But no, to be safe, they must get rid of the rabble rousers first. And of course, the primary rabble rouser for the New York Times, of course, is the Trump administration. Right? (laughs) No, it's the Trump administration. Did you see? Have you seen the video of his car getting trashed? No, I did not. His car got trashed. Uh Oh, and he didn't care. He's like, he's like, I'll buy another one. It's actually kind of funny because he's going through a street where people you would think are protesting, and then all of a sudden he's like, he's on a loudspeaker. We are on your side, and they all turn around and start throwing chairs at him. It was pretty funny. I was like, oh, okay. And he's sitting there repeating, we're on your side. People are throwing rocks. Some guy got a hammer and started hitting the window. But there was one of those super tank cars or the glasses, you know, three inches thick. Uh-huh. So he's just sitting there repeating, we're on your side. And he's just getting hit. Okay, well, to lighten the mood a little bit, speaking of that, uh, the missus and I, we've been off and on over the last several weeks watching the Marvel superhero movies kind of in order. Oh, gross. Of release date. You, not- those movies, I, you can't watch multiple of them because they all they all come out the same where it's like there's no risk. There's no no sense of it. Well, here's the thing. I've already seen, like, Endgame, so I know the the Endgame, pardon the, the pun there, but it's it's fun kind of watching the build-up to it. But last night we were watching one of the Captain America movies where Samuel Jackson is in this Chevy, like oh, a yeah. Chevy Tahoe, and they're just <laughs> the bad guys are just blowing the snot. I want that car. Right dude. when that machine gun turret came out, and you're like, how is this guy not getting hurt right now? And Yeah, I, I want that Chevy Tahoe, man, because that was awesome. That was a car that took hundreds upon hundreds of rounds of ammo, 
a, a, a battering ram sledgehammer thing on the window, rocket propel launchers, uh, the the bombs, things that flipped it in the air, and it's still talking to you. <laughs> and the best line was, "Is there anything you know? The, this make me fly. Flying mode is is damage. Make me go fast. Fast mode is damage. What's working? Air conditioning is on damage." In this town, you need working air conditioning. Yeah. So, yeah, so I thought I'd like the mood with that one. Yeah, it's, uh, liked it. it was the it was the Winter Soldier one. That's what it was when Bucky comes back. Yeah, I wish I, the thing I, after a while with those movies is they're, they're somewhat entertaining, but they really didn't seem like a risk in the show. But that's okay. And it's, I think there's certain ways. Do you really you, think Bond is going to die in a well, James like, Bond movie? You create, you create other interesting things. Like for example, the newer Spider-Man, they created that twist at the end where his, his identity was exposed. And to me, that was spoilers. a spoilers. I haven't that, seen it yet. That movie's been out for Which two, one? Is two this, years. Is this or something homecoming like that. or close to home or something? Uh, I think it's far from home. Okay. And but yeah, that was the twist at the end. And you're like, oh cool! I can't wait to see the next one because I wonder how they're gonna handle this. But you know that that's I gotta wait to watch the next one. But the other movies, like especially the Iron Man, the Iron Man ones never really gave. You know he's gonna be on the far end of it as rich and as powerful yeah, and as cocky like, as ever. But again, and so to me, I th- I'm more forgiving on that. It's like when I watch a James Bond movie, I know what's gonna happen. He's gonna sleep with two women. One of them will be a bad guy. Or bad gal, um, or die, well, the or die uselessly. James Bond movies, though, is the story's interesting. You always got like the evil well, mastermind, except for Moonraker. But well, yeah, I'm talking about like that's what's, yeah. that's what's keeping you involved. It's the creative of the, but it's a procedural story. It's just like a James Bond movie and an Avengers movie is, or Marvel Cinematic Universe movie is just like Law and Order or a sitcom. It's a procedural. Nothing really changes. Law and Order, it's been on the air for, what, like 30-something years now? And it's it's ripped from the headlines. Yeah, the stories are Every now, now, we don't really don't care. I don't even know who the characters are anymore. You, you know, you get uh, them coming and going and leaving. Law and Order tried to have, a, you know, killed off one or two of them. Uh, but it wasn't like a cop show like NYPD Blue, where it's a drama thing. It's like, we're done with this actress. We need to bring in someone oh, else. Yeah. Okay, you're dying in a drunk driving accident. Bring in the next one. They're very interchangeable. Well, I would say some of the Marvel movies were they tried to do it, but I think with the whole mastermind behind it all, they wouldn't allow it. Kind of like what happened to like Natalie Portman's character. Like you could tell they're trying to do something with her, but then the you know that contract agreement didn't work out or something. So they're like, we're not going to have you in this one. But now that she's been reported about coming back, and I'm like, man, can you imagine being the writer? They've made three Thors, and then you all said Thor and all these other movies. You're like, now we got to fix something that happened in the very beginning. And I don't I mean, it's just, it didn't come out to be a fun story. I don't know why. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I like, for example, I enjoy the Ant-Man and the Wasp series. Haven't them. seen it yet. Those are, to me, that's more fun. And there's, there's something well, with it. Well, it looks like it, and, and obviously I'm coming up on it. I think Ant-Man is the next movie or two I need to watch like those, it in order. Like, those are the fun movies. Like, to me, that they kept it it's small. like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's, which is actually the next movie in order to watch. Mm-hmm. And the wife and I were talking about it last night because we just finished the Captain America one. And I'm looking at this list of the proper order to watch them in. I said, okay, next is Guardians of the Galaxy. And she was like, is is that part of this? And I said, yeah, because, you know, they all come together at the end, and this is one of the stones that they're looking for. 
but we, we were kind of treating it like a different movie. We actually said we could kind of bypass this because we've already seen it, and it doesn't really it, since it doesn't really involve the Avengers and stuff. I uh, that movie's still good. I, I I love it, and I've got it on 3D. Why don't you come over and watch it in 3D so, sometimes? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it is 9:57. We're gonna take a quick break for our top of the hour. Uh, we have our special guests coming in the studios. I hope you guys are ready for that. We're going to have Frank Robinson, downtown manager. So stick around. We'll be right back. This office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast paced, hard hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Welcome back. Dick and Skippy in the mornings on a bright and breezy Monday morning. 9.59 on the dot in the studios. 82 degrees and sunny outside. I think the heat index is going to make it feel like 103 today. Holy cow. I believe it. Yeah, I'll be, that's why I One want that days. Nick Fury Chevy Suburban with the working air conditioning, even under massive firepower. Okay. Well, I mean, I, you know you could probably get those cars made. I can Probably, yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm making, I'm getting one made then. The only problem with the, getting a car like that made, it's so custom, you can't really compare prices to, like, the, the shopping. So you're, you're like... I gotta pay, it's not like a floor model? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's gonna be a million dollars. Can I go to, to the this. scratch and dent lot and get a, get a discount? I mean, I wonder, I bet there's a place locally in Houston, especially Houston. You think so? Yeah, I mean, that's how the HPD get their cars altered. Like, they, they gotta have a place locally here. 
I don't I don't know where to go with that. Okay. I was thinking something about the Batmobile, but uh, that was just a whole other rabbit hole. No, I knew a person. That's what they did. Their job, he was a tech guy, mm-hmm. and he would do computer systems for cars. So, like, they, one of their clients was the HPD because certain cars had to be outfitted with certain capabilities. And that was part of, that was part of like, his main deal was just doing a bunch of cop cars. Nice. So, yeah, I imagine they can do it. Now, for uh, downtown manager cars... What kind of updates can we get? We got I don't Frank know. It's a good, it's a good thing we have a downtown manager yeah. in the studio with us ma- suddenly, magically, all of a sudden. We got Frank Robinson in the studio with us, who is the official City of Conroe downtown manager. How are you doing this morning, Frank? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, I think he yeah. needs us. Yeah, it's That's about so us. cute. That's great. Uh, just to let folks know, is this is a newer position for the City of Conroe, from what I understand. Like There wasn't one before you, was there? Or was there one like 20 years there ago, was, 100 years ago? Uh, years ago. Okay. Years ago, they had a position like this, and I'm not sure what happened in that span of time, but they have re-energized. He just didn't answer his phone. (laughs) One day, he just Somewhere under Woodford Stadium at the 50-yard line that's buried. I had somebody tell me the other day uh, when I introduced myself to them, and they they said, oh, yeah, there used to be... so the city finally filled the position. Uh, well, I guess you can't accuse them of rushing into anything. Yeah. So I wonder what the vetting well, process also wanna, was. I also want to clarify with folks, uh, I've mentioned that you were coming on, and they were under the the assumption that uh, the, the mistaken city, impression. This, yeah, the city manager was being replaced. Oh, no, 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 and no. And I was like, no, I think Paul's still there. Oh, you know? yes. So uh, this is just an addition because of the growth and things coming to... This is specific to the downtown. As um, uh, I think we've mentioned this before, and Mm -hmm. people may uh, recall last year, around October, November time frame, City Council adopted the Downtown Conroe Development Plan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there are many recommendations in that plan, and one of the recommendations is to have a point, a uh, single point of contact, someone who can manage the projects, who can manage the relationships between the businesses and our city government. Yeah. So that was the downtown manager position. So that's what they did, was they filled that position as one of the first things as they begin to implement the recommendations in this plan. Because people can see the plan online, I believe that's correct. At studio, of Conroe.org, mm-hmm. and I, I can find. I'll post it. I, I posted the City of Conroe website, but I do know the plan is still there, and I, I've I've looked over the plan many times, and it's fun to see the potential that it really is there in the downtown area because a lot of folks don't realize that downtown isn't just Main Street and West Davis Street. It is. It goes all the way pretty much to 45. Correct. And goes yeah. all the way to 10th Street East. So east of where we are right now, uh-huh. and it goes north to Dallas Street, if I remember correctly. That's right. And then south to, I forgot what road that was. What road is the south one? What's the barrier? Hicks Hicks Road, and um, where it stops, it just continues with the railroad track across mm-hmm. Maine all the way back up to 10th Street. Okay. And it, they're just, it's really cool. They did sections, or I mean, I wouldn't, what do they call them? Like? They created districts. Districts. That's yes. the yeah, we're we're being put in districts now, folks. Those are I can't believe with the uh, Mockingbird show was that was that a Mockingjay? No, yeah, the yeah, the Hunger Games, Hunger, Hunger Games. You know, the the district would be a bad word for a lot of people, but I actually looked up the 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 map of what's it called Pan Am, which is I like have no idea. It's the country, which is basically 
North America, but with the, all the coasts swamped. And you see the district map, and Texas is in, like, district two or three, I think. Yeah. And that's just a district that would just kick everyone else's butt. I or believe it's, it. It's all the states involved with that. It's like, yeah, wait, we'll go up against Colorado in a heartbeat. Wait a minute. We're not number one? Well, number one is is their uh, their, their capital, you know, where oh, all the elites oh. are. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. The Hungry hung Games. You ever heard of the Hungry Games? The hung oh, yeah. The Hungry yeah. Games. Never really was a big with fan of hungry, With Cheeky Nuggies. <laughs> but, uh... But there's districts in downtown, and it's not more of, like, what what's going on. It's more of the plan, what the area physically can offer as an upgrade. That's right. You know, each each area, what, what they found out in the study, which is very interesting, is a really comprehensive look at what's the character of Conroe. And you could break it down into five districts, basically. You have very old Conroe. You have... Um, the railroad tracks and the railroad company and all that land, and then you had the oil. Remember, there were oil fields mm-hmm. here. and So you have these different times in which development occurred in the city, and then as the city began to evolve, you had more interest in uh, arts and culture, and then you have business, the general business that we have in our city, which is quite a bit. And as they began looking at that uh plan, it was uh, obvious to them, hey, we've got architectural characteristics that are different in different parts of the city. So that's what I think prompted the creation of these districts to Mm -hmm. help identify those areas. Yeah, there's some really, probably the one I like the idea of most uh, I would like to see happen is the the idea of having a walkable, rideable bike kind of route Mm -hmm. throughout all these districts in one way or another. Because that, that's probably the one thing that you get kind of intimidated by coming to downtown is you don't really know where you're allowed to walk safely. Right. And then there's not really a lot of, uh, what's the word for it? Like, it's not a continuation you know, of... As regards to traffic and tra- stuff yeah, like cause that. Yeah, because, like, for me right now, imagine me trying to walk to 45 right now. In my mind, I'm like, all right, I could probably go this way. Probably the safest way is to get to that library somehow and then, you know, cut across here. You know, it's not just like, oh, Lord, there's if I tried that, would be my last act on this planet. Well, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. So it's, it's <laughs> Why not, is my arm not? <laughs> that's one thing that you're that was in the plan. I was like, oh, I'd be interested to see how they do that and if that is a, a feasible thing they could do. So you're talking so. about, like, interconnecting the different districts, which I hope this comes out sounding right, which reminds yeah, me kind of, of the historic wards in Houston. That mm-hmm. they too are going through like a renaissance. They are, they and are. you know where each one has its particular flavor, but with proper city resources behind it and guidance, tends to make it evolve it into into its best possible scenario. Uh, so we're talking about also like enlarging or interconnecting them, so you can go from district to district easily and kind of experience all of greater the, downtown. The the plan recommends a uh, as uh, as was just mentioned uh, a connective kind of trail or walking experience and a bicycle riding experience for the whole and uh, these things will take time mm-hmm. obviously to to pull together because there's a there's a lot of there's property acquisitions there's engineering there's a number of things that will take place to create that connectivity but in the meantime the inner part of the city we're already undergoing sidewalk connectivity right now. And, and as you experience here in downtown, you see, you know, we have sidewalks, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Get a little further out 
of the immediate central business district. And you'll see that there are sidewalks and then there's no sidewalks and then there'll be sidewalks again. There's lack of connections. Um, there's areas where sidewalks really do need to happen, especially in areas where you have children that are walking to school. And, right. Uh, and thank you, uh, you know, to the, uh, the federal government actually has a program called the Safe Routes to School program. Really? Yes. Nice. And the city has been very, very diligent in applying for grants and successful in receiving grants to help facilitate the construction of those sidewalks. So sidewalk connectivity is one of the big elements of that plan. It's funny, we don't really think about that. You, you know, the importance of, you know, walking, you know, to have 10 blocks, but only eight of them have sidewalks. There's two where there's there's a situation. Possibly. And it's very easy to go. You could go down Metcalf right now and on your way to 45, you'll see a very nice stretch of sidewalk. And then it just stops. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you there's a there's already a, a capital improvement project plan to continue that sidewalk all the way to 45. And that's what the city has been doing, is planning out these sidewalk extensions and connections over the last several years. Cool. Now, now speaking of, uh, like, capital improvement, I can't help but notice in a lot of areas that some government entities have used the lockdown period to, like, good effect to get a lot of infrastructure work done. I've noticed so few potholes in my part of town that, you know, have always tended to be there, but... Has downtown uh, Conroe been able to enjoy that same kind of Conroe's been making busy the lemonade spite, out of the lemons? Right, in spite of the uh, the lockdowns and what have you, the city's been very uh, uh, busy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yes, it's provided time for them to address other issues that perhaps they couldn't because of higher traffic volumes and such. Cool. Now, we got to talk about your, your history here. What what brought you to this position? I mean, did, and how did, you know, what did you major in school to, <laughs> to get it? Uh, well, the, the, the snapshot is I've been in public service for about 38 years. Okay. Okay. I uh, really probably best known for my role in the development of the Woodlands. I was the president of the township, the Woodlands Township. See, I was going to gush about it because I'm a Woodlands boy, so I was going to say, well, you know, in the Woodlands we have these bike trails, yeah. but I didn't want to yeah. smack talk Conroe, Well, and, and now I, I can. And I appreciate that because the Conroe doesn't want to be the Woodlands. Right. You know, the Woodlands is the Woodlands. Conroe is Conroe. Hey, Dick and I out here were talking about the flavor of different neighborhoods and towns that's right. and stuff, that's and that's right. this vital. City, the, the beauty about Conroe, one of the things I love about it so much is it's authentic. I mean, it has a history, a real mm -hmm. history, a real legacy. But that's how I got started. Uh, I actually got started as a police officer in Denton, Texas, back in 1971. Thanks for your service. And uh, worked all that time through growing up in, in a police force, becoming a police chief in West University Place in the Houston area. I knew it well. I, I moved from Houston, on, mm -hmm. started in Richmond Rosenberg, and just kept on moving north till I hit the Woodlands. And then my officers uh, gave me a hard time because they said I crossed over to the dark side. I went into city management. <laughs> uh, left city management, went off into the private sector for several years working in a real estate development company as a corporate security director. Huge, huge firm. Came back into public service, and I've been there ever since. And uh, I was recruited, let's see, I was recruited to open up the Town Center Improvement District of Montgomery County, which is now the Woodlands Township, mm -hmm. back in 1994. It's 14 years there. Graduated from SAM with my master's in public administration, 14 years is a long time for a city administrator to be in any one place, so I was kind of anxious to see what I could do, what else was out there. Got recruited to California, of all places. 
And after many times being asked, why would I want to move to California? And this was by Californians, by the way, <laughs> because they love Texas. Uh, and I gave them all the politically correct answers. And then finally, I just got to where I was just saying it was missionary work. <laughs> but nine years out there uh, in a wonderful community, the town of Apple Valley, which was the home of Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Well, you can't get more American than Apple yeah, Valley. You sure can't. I retired officially retired, mm -hmm. and moved back to my home roots here in Texas. And I'd been a volunteer on the downtown Main Street project for the city of Conroe back in the days when I was with the Town Center Improvement District slash the Woodlands Township. Mm -hmm. So when I got back here, I wanted to reconnect with the city manager. I wanted to stay involved in the Texas City Management Association, but I was officially retired. And I wanted to just uh, make sure I didn't lose contact you know with people found out that a lot of my my friends and associates had also retired so i was losing contact so it was great paul was wonderful but paul called me uh, earlier this year to tell me about this project and i had been working with another company helping them get established in texas so they were one of my vendors when i was out in california mm -hmm. and uh, paul was great at giving me ideas on how to approach cities here in texas on behalf of the company the one thing led to another, and Paul finally said, uh, look, uh, we're going to re-energize this uh, position that we haven't filled in many years. Would you be interested in uh, throwing your hat in the ring for consideration? So it was competitive, and I put my resume in. I wasn't really enjoying retirement very much. <laughs> and here I am. There is. So uh, well, it's to been the a, boon of downtown great, Conroe, for sure. It's been a great, uh, I guess, 60 days now. Well, the cake yeah. should be coming up any day now, your anniversary cake. Yeah. You know. yeah, well, you know, here, they, here they hire me on the middle of March, and then COVID shuts us down right after <laughs> that. So it's been a slow go. But it, you know what? As you were saying earlier, with uh, downtime, what, what goes on? I was able to do a lot of reading about the history and preparing myself and getting ready to go out and when things started opening back up, introduce myself to all of you and, and try to help establish those connections and, and start building the relationships that we need to have with our business community. And how does this compare to how it was in your other positions, especially with the Woodlands, since this is kind of a, a new animal created for you? It's really very similar in some respects because the Woodlands, uh, that, that town center improvement district was brand new. It, it, I, I was the first employee, had to open the doors, had to establish the organization, had to do the hiring figuring out the budgets, putting together the plan, all that development you've seen in downtown, those high-rise buildings mm -hmm. and the waterway and all that. There were a lot of great people that worked on those projects, and, and it was fun to be a part of that and to play a major role in it. And here, we have a brand-new plan, one that's been adopted by the city council, one that has some fantastic recommendations in it, and we have a leadership in our, on our city council, I believe, that's committed to bringing Conroe downtown into a new era and preserving the legacy that we have, the history that we have, and, and taking full advantage of that and creating a, a vibrant, exciting place to live, work, play, you bet. Awesome. Well, Dick, I'm kind of bogarting the conversation here. What no, I do want to let people know you can uh, look up a uh, downtown Conroe plan and you can find multiple newspapers and things that kind of give you a general idea of what's going on. I think I've seen that exact map uh, on the community impact. 
And everything, one thing that I learned about this is it's all about if you're living in this area, you get, you need to get involved yourself, either just by voicing your opinion or just be keeping tabs on local businesses and see what really works. Because if you look at the map, it changes a lot of different areas uh, for different things. Like one thing that I'm interested in is the uh, res residential side of developing, because I never really thought of downtown as like a living thing. Uh, there are a couple of houses, but they're kind of taken over by small businesses here locally in like the, the heart of downtown. But we like we have we do have a couple lofts across the street. I'd be interested to see if there's any other residential that I never even knew about because, like I said, it's really business oriented down here, not really residential. And I do know there's a lot of townhomes and things being built on Fraser Street. Uh, I'm not really sure how those are going to end up. What what's going on? I know there was a couple townhomes already built, ready to go right there on North Fraser and they're building the same ones on the same different side of the, of whatever the land is. But, uh, that's one thing I'm interested in seeing cause I know they were trying to localize that in the West Dallas area. That is where they're like, Hey, this is where we can. Oh yeah. There's a total integration off of Mockingbird Lane in Dallas of just these, the, the, the loft living yeah. above where your ground floors, the shops. And <clears throat> I see some of that happening in the Houston area too. Even the woodlands a bit. We, we have this loft living kind of popped up when, Exxon was threatening to bring in, what, 80,000 people or something. Well, I mean, so. yeah, that, that – I mean, here, though, what's interesting is the, the – from what I've learned, and you can correct me. You can correct Please me do. Wrong, is the area of the city of Conroe the same, if not bigger, than the area of Austin? When I'm talking about taxable – Taxable area? Taxable area. I'm not sure about that. Because that's what I was, uh, I was either reading or heard that. And, you know, it's not something that's so drastic. I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. But then I can believe it because if you think about, you know, going from like the east side of Conroe goes pretty far. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't travel down 105, but a lot, I mean, if they live here, they, a lot of people travel through it to get through. I mean, maybe. Well, that makes sense because, you know, you hit 242, it's like Woodlands, Conroe, Woodlands, you know, yeah. or 1488. Because um, we just don't have the like the and then all the way out west the condensity of people like Austin has, but we have I think we have the same amount of land, so there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of opportunities. Like one thing I want to know if I'm reading this right is on the east side of the railroad tracks, that to me is the the wild west of what can we really get done here? Because there's so many different types of things. The Shipley's just went in, so they're not going to give that up. That Shipley's is going to be there forever now. But uh, you know the are, uh, there, are people talking about putting schools there, or do you know what I'm talking about? I remember there was a mention of some type of home ec kind of establishment where schools can use the property for certain uh, things. Mm. Oh, a homeschool co-op. It might. It, I for, it, it might be something like that, but it's more for specialty schools, not just okay. like not not just like you know your science, maths, and stuff like that. It's more of like if you're if you want to do something specific like welding. Or I'm trying to think about it. Those those typically those things typically happen in areas in urban settings where you begin to have residential components. Yeah. Like, you, do you all have any idea what the population is in Conroe right now? I think now? it's like eighty eight thousand, eighty nine thousand. What do you think it will be when the twenty twenty census is complete? I would say um, it, it, it might it might break a hundred thousand. Yeah, based is that eighty eight thousand based on the twenty ten census? I think that might be the twenty ten. If that's twenty ten, then I'm telling you it'll be at least forty percent higher. 
you may be white. You may be right. And uh, what are you going to do with that population? <laughs> You're going to give them places to live. You're going to give them more services. You're going to give them more places to eat, more places to shop. And it's going to happen all over the city. And those growth areas right now are, as you have mentioned, west, north. You're seeing a lot of growth north, a lot of growth west. You're also seeing a lot of growth on the south, down near 242. Mm-hmm. So it, it just begs to reason that there's going to be some growth on the east as well. And you were mentioning the downtown and not really thinking about residential mm-hmm. that much. There's already a great deal of interest in redeveloping in our downtown residential areas. And the city, in fact, has uh, adopted a program uh, to target 1,000 new residences in the downtown. I can see that because that's these other towns we've been talking about, the, the, the integration of CBD, you know, central business district with residential right then and there. I think post-COVID especially, people are going to want to be able to walk out their front door, well, go downstairs, shop, walking distance. Well, you're also you're also in a unique scenario where a city of Conroe, as I'm looking it up right now, apparently to 2010, it was 56,000. Uh, compared to the 2000, it was 36,000. So there was a 52 percent increase. They're estimating for 2019, 2020, it would be 91, uh, 91,000. It's, uh, it's going to threaten to break the 100,000 mark. But uh, but Conroe's in that unique scenario where you still have the small town foundation, but if you reach that 100,000, that kind of like drastically changes the future of a town because it can either keep growing and keep growing or it just stagnates. And But I don't think that really will happen here because there's so many diverse opportunities. Well, that's, a, that's go time in, in my impression that either you embrace the growth and say, okay, we got to start matching it or hang on to the old days of, no, we were a small town. We don't want to lose that small town feel. Well, I, you're... You're going to grow in spite of yourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's I mean, one way to look well, at it. Well, because right? the late, and again, like, I'm going to put the map up one more time so people can see. This is this is what they think down, when we say downtown, this is what we're, we're talking about. Because when people think downtown who aren't here, they think of nine square blocks. Yeah, just this, I, that would be me, actually. Not, mm-hmm. not this, what, what is designated as downtown. I think, to me, downtown had, histo- before I, you know, started becoming a Conroe boy, Basically, the train tracks to the church, maybe the tracks here to 45, yeah. and that would be like the down, the edges of downtown. But you wouldn't be wrong. That was the the concept, I believe, of what mm-hmm. downtown was. That was the perception of downtown. And we're right. I'll let people know this is where we are. Uh-huh. This is where. And right I know it's going past because I remember like the 610 loop was originally supposed to engird all of Houston. Yeah. When they first came up with it. <laughs> Oops. But, uh, no, I think it's important for people to have that idea, especially going forward if they want to get involved with, with what's going on and have a better understanding because I think it's it's one of those things a lot of people, especially the bigger the town gets, you kind of lose track of what's really going to be happening. Tomorrow something pops up. They're like, I didn't know that was going to be there. That's crazy. And then a lot of people get upset with that kind of stuff. Some people do. Well, uh, and that's what I was trying to say earlier about the, this fine line that, you know, Conroe has a particular flavor, and a lot of that's like a traditional flavor with buildings that have lasted for so long. Mm-hmm. So you've got to walk that fine line between we've got to grow, we've got to build, but we just don't want to willy-nilly tear down. I don't get a, a warm, fuzzy feeling talking to people about tearing down. In fact, well, they are yeah. very concerned about that. 
and about protecting this history that we have. Mm-hmm. I've interviewed almost 80 different businesses now, and that doesn't sound like a lot in the grand scheme of things. If you're listening from... Well, I mean, from 45 you know, to Houston 10th Street, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of businesses out there. But uh, when you are able to really get down and start talking to business owners and business operators, you'll find that one of the things that they'll tell you when you ask them, what is it you like the most about downtown Conroe? And that more than likely they're going to say uh, the, it's history, mm-hmm. the authenticity. I love the old buildings. So there's a real uh, passion, mm-hmm. I think is a good way to describe it, a real passion for protecting and preserving the history and preserving these buildings. So what does that mean? Well, if you're going to be a builder, let's say you're going to build in a neighbor, a residential neighborhood, you want to style and design your product so that it matches the characteristics of that neighborhood. What if you're going to build in the downtown? You can build buildings that look beautiful and still have the characteristics of age. And and architects love that. Mm-hmm. Listen, these guys, you know, <laughs> the old Frank Lloyd Wright days are gone. I mean, they love creating and, and designing and creating beauty in their works. They're to them, they're sculptures. Right. Well, nice. I think, and, that, and I think that the like if you look at the map, there is a lot of workable area that you can t- kind of tell because you, a lot of people don't know everything that goes on in that map. Mm-hmm. And, and you're saying there's eighty, you talk to eighty people. Well, there's so many more. You just realize it just takes kind of venturing out and figuring out how it works and stuff like that. So I'm excited about seeing. Now, is there anything right now to listeners and stuff where like are you doing any type of uh, like what do you call it? Uh, Feasibility study? Yeah, questionnaires or... Oh, yes. Yeah, so yes. so yeah. if I'm a listener right now, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to be coming to downtown Conroe and <laughs> experiencing the, the what restaurants we do have down here. Uh, uh, if you're if you're someone that enjoys evening entertainment, come to one of the pubs. Come, There's a lot of live music in downtown almost every night. Our retail, we do have, we have jewelry stores, we have little boutiques, we have interesting things already, and we're going to continue to grow that. That's what I would want you to do. As far as, um, you, you mentioned uh, surveys or, or questionnaires, that sort of thing. Right now, uh, there is a study going on that is a, it's, it's a con- using a control method to, so that we have a valid, accurate study. So, what that involves is actual interviews with business owners and operators, much like I did with you mm-hmm. uh, not long ago, to to get your opinions. You about took my blood and everything. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it was uh, in a swab. <laughs> Post the strip yeah. search that was too far yeah, for me. Yeah, and it was um, uh, very interesting in the beginning because it was also a great way for me to introduce myself to people. Mm-hmm. So, and and, I'm, and it's random. There's no set group that I'm trying to interview, it's a random selection. And the idea is that if you have a random selection and you do it correctly, you'll get non-random responses. What does that mean? That means that if I do this and repeat this process six months from now or a year from now, I should get similar results. What I'm looking for is an accuracy in weighing the opinions of the people who are working here, either because they own a business or they are an operator of a business. Mm And they're telling me right now that uh, they really like their downtown, and they want to see downtown grow. They want to see more activity in downtown. They want to see us do what we can to bring more life and to bring people downtown, creating downtown as a destination. Yeah, see, the more people we have here, Sean, the more people we can watch fall on this ledge 
or hit the ledge. I know, right? So that's what that's really our end goal here. Well, at the I, I, I know that that Mr. Those of you who like tuning in later, we've been talking with Mr. Frank Robinson, who's the downtown manager for City of Conroe. I noticed that Frank here talked to you, but apparently you didn't see fit to have me in the room with you. Because I have my well, own you're, ideas. No, you're a Woodlands boy. But, but see, I have my, so, I have my I own mean, ideas. I don't want to get muddied water. I, I, I swing both sides. I'm Woodlands and, and Conroe. You know, I spend half my time up here. So I'm just going to throw this out there. Take and run with it. It's okay. You know, Houston has its light rail. That's how they're, they're connecting. And the Woodlands has its trolleys and stuff. So I'm just going to throw this out there. A really big roller coaster. Oh yeah. Okay, just oh, connecting oh, each. Well, you know, it, to, talk, with a stop there, and it's wooden. Who, who wooden takes so, the trolley? It's not. Huh? It's trolley more of a visitor thing, or is it like that's how I'm getting? It's to actually kind of handy. I have used it in the past. Okay. You know, uh, but like with any bus type system, it's got you got to be close enough on the route to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Okay, I was curious because I know the Conroe Transportation is working hard. I miss the water to... taxis. Those were cool. Oh, yeah, well, I had to get rid of those. Uh, like Har- uh, Harvey uh, messed up the the water and stuff, and so they had to shut down for a while. And they're just kind of like, who cares? Yeah, I Fair cared. Enough. But no, I, I'm I'm excited to see. I think the old buildings, especially having a, a theater like the Crichton Theater, that like to me, adding things to downtown won't take away from that. Uh, I really don't. I mean, there's, I mean, there the only way you can really mess this up as the future is. You just don't listen to what people who live here want because you can only do so much for visitors, but visitors aren't here day to day. Like I can't imagine living in like Hawaii or something, and you know after twenty years running a business there, like the distaste you have for for visitors, or you know, or you know, because it's just kind of like no, we don't want like stop doing this or. I hate surfers, that kind of thing. Well, I no, surfers probably actually live there. I'm talking like, you know, if you live in a town that has a high income, like your primary income for that city is uh, travelers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you try to you placate to those travelers, so that's your main source. Luckily for us in Conroe, that isn't going to be like the main source. So we have we do have the authority to kind of say, "Hey, can we not do that? Let's not placate to that. Let's do it to more of, you know, if, if you're going to be in downtown, we want everyone to be comfortable, not just for visitors and things like that. So I like, I like to think of that as managed, managed growth. Yes. Mm-hmm. You have a, an appeal to your community as a business, and the more residents, for example, that you can get coming into the downtown, and that, again, speaks to having more residential living in downtown, that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is the destination, feel, the tourism and if you balance those, you'll be you'll be ultimately happy. Well, that's what I'm. I'm I'm in later today on Margie's show. She's going to have the people from Margaritaville on. Okay. And so I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they decide to do with that because that area over there is is perfect for a resort because it's far enough away from like you know big buildings. And then no, that's the one that's off of 105. It's 105 over. Uh, the road. Is it Walden Road? Right Walden now? Road. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been several other types of resorts. Mm-hmm. But to me, the brand of a Margaritaville really sets up. You know, uh, what's was, hang is that the one and, place that used to be like La Toretta or something? Yeah, La Toretta. Yeah, okay. Del Largo. Del Largo. Okay. Del Largo. Del Largo. Yeah. I've stayed there several times, and again, I live here, and I've stayed there. So it'd be interesting to see what they develop out there, and then we can keep the, these streets uh, the normal people. And all the visitors can go down there. I'm glad that we have, you know, kind of Frank on the job because, yeah, we've talked many times in the past couple of years about how 
Conroe's growing, there'd be a lot of growing pains. So I like that there was some foresight in, I guess, city well, council. It really, it, it, the, the, big, it the big people you want, or the big uh, group would be the jury members. Because a lot of the jury members, what's wonderful is as a downtown business, is those are always, like to me, that's a refresh every week. That you get these people who've never been down here, because there's been a lot of jury members who are like, "Oh, I haven't been down to downtown Conroe in you know five years, ten years," and I'm like, "Well, why not? Like, well, why would you not want to come down if you live here? You're on a jury duty. That means you are around here. What makes you not want to come in? Those that'd be a good good pool of people to get, because that's one thing we worked hard for uh, when I first started here is like, how do we let people know what's going on? And so I turn the music out really loud outside so they can hear all walking. And people always kind of stop, take pictures and stuff like that because they like, oh, we have a radio station. Because they walk right down here every Monday morning. Not right now, but. How come you don't pipe it all the way down? To... Yeah, right. We can just get a long wire and get one of my speakers. Has there ever been a conversation about taking your activity? Well, <laughs> we, I mean, one thing we talked about is in the detention center. And we're in the, the, the holding cell. We're going to be Dude, we could, we could explode so, our audience numbers. So that way they, they'll all calm down, you know, or they get real upset. Either way. Uh-huh. It's, it depends on what show is on. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, it's fun because downtown is, is such a, to me, it's such an interesting place. You still have that downtown feel when you go to visit a smaller city. But then you have the accommodations that could fit, you know, like everyone in your family's wants. Like if you want to go down to the lake, if you want to go see a show, to me, that's really cool. I don't think a lot of towns can offer that kind of now, variety have you, of entertainment. Have you had the opportunity to speak to um, Steve Williams, for example, our uh, director of finance, and he's the assistant mm-hmm. city manager, well, city I've, administrator. I've sat in the meet uh, the uh, the meetings they have, and he, when he starts talking about numbers and stuff, I'm like, well, all right, man. He has uh, the major responsibility for the new convention center hotel. Well, they're putting that over here in Grand Central. Okay. Okay. So imagine what that's going to do. It's going to draw a whole new, well, the tourism, the, the folks, the, the visitors. Yeah. But it will bring them in much closer to the downtown. And if we have a lot of activities going on down here, then those conventioneers will have a place to go after a hard day of seminars mm-hmm. and have some fun, buy some things. This this is an exciting time. I, that's why I do believe that we're going to see more interest in retail wanting to come into downtown. Nice. That's an interesting conversation in itself, and something that uh, you all may a want lot to of people explore, talking to talking to Steve about what's going on out there in that. Because my wife ventures that area. I don't ever mm-hmm. go to that area, and that's just because you know that she's gotten comfortable going to the Kroger there and going. You know, although there's nice restaurants you can cl- pick up food from. And mm-hmm. things like that, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I had no idea this was over here, and I know the Waffle House is over there because that's been there for several, you know, more more years than that other side has. But yeah, that's the only thing I was like, I never think of coming over here for anything, but now I'm starting to because they have, you know, Torchy's Tacos. They have there's a couple of night places for uh, nice dinner places for us to go to, and then uh, then they have the Kroger. So and they also have all the other shopping going on over there. What else is down there? I forget. It's like. But- down the the loop thing? Yeah, the loop thing. Woodlands boy. No. <laughs> well, let's see. They have a... Uh, it's like a Ross? No. It's a store like that. It's big. I think it's so. It's a big store like that. Yeah, because I, I drove through it just uh, looking at stuff. I know that they had um, home, uh, some kind of home improvement place, like an at-home or something. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's going down there. Okay. Now, do you... 
live in the woodlands? I do. All right. Married? Oh, yeah. Children? All grown. So you, you're empty nesters. Yeah, that's why we just adopted a dog. So what would it feel like if you just walked over here to work? From the woodlands they here, I'd no, kill no, no, myself. From, from living in a brand new three-story oh, townhouse or oh, brownstone or something like that. As long as I could pay cash for it, because I don't want to go through the, uh, the home buying thing ever again, man. That was, that was well, a I mean, I would live down here, but that's because we're here. Oh, I, I, I'd love it. It's, I love the woodlands, but I also love Conroe. I'm telling you. I, I, I hear this a lot signs. now about, especially I was just talking to a young lady who um, I, I was introduced to. She was looking for a loft. And she's a singer. She's been doing some performances here in the Conroe area, and she's into this theater and what have you. And okay, you got to give me. A, I know. I know everybody's she's singing theater. She's at a point in her life where she wants to own a place or or rent and be in a downtown, and she chose Conroe. She said, "I want to be in Conroe." Nice. She can't find anything right now, and that's. I don't know if that's just a uh, sampling. But at, at the very least, it could be the beginning. Or if that's an outlier. But the, the point being is that the people who, who do come into downtown and who live in downtown, you could expect a lot of those folks to be people that work in downtown. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I think I know as many business owners here as I do in the Woodlands. And well, that's one thing. I, again, I'd be interested to see what they do east because there's so much land, like, and there's a lot of buildings that aren't even being used. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I was curious because I know the old Conroe School is, I think it's on 10th Street. Is it on 10th Street? You know what I'm talking about? They abandoned I don't know if someone oh, bought it. College. The old college. The old college. Conroe College. Yeah. And yes. uh, I was like, man, that'd be a great place for Does, something. Yeah. yeah. Be Indoor paintball. No, it's not that big. Property. It's not like be a great pro- That'd be a great uh, for something. redo. And uh-huh. I was, you know, because a lot of times people go through 105 in that area just to get around. To other places, like I take, I think it's 10th Street to, uh, I think I take it to the Lone Star Convention Center from here. If mm-hmm. I'm going there, that's the right. route I go. Right. And there's a lot of stuff going on there, and that I don't think a lot of people realize what goes on over there. I don't believe they do either. So there's a lot of opportunities. I'm I'm excited to see it now. You, ConceitedConroe.org uh, is the main website. Uh, do you have, like, a tab yet? Or Not yet. They're, they don't like you yet? We're discussions now. Uh, <laughs> so how, to, how to label you? Where are we going to put Frank guys? What are we going to do here? Uh, well, you know what? I, you know, I, I'll, I'll make a phone call and see what we can get you on there. Because I really want to show people the plan. Because I think a lot of people get disconnected between the plan and then, like, what's actually going to happen. Because mm-hmm. all these projects, these are based off a study of how we could benefit from having these things. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be built. Probably the number one factor to making sure this happens is get developers here. Because a developer can do a business. They can help remodel, they, you know, coordinate where streets are going, and then also the residential things. They kind of dictate what follows because that's just the way it that's how That's how towns grow. Is someone's got to put up the money to develop the townhomes or the, the lofts or this isn't the city of Conroe going, hey, we're going to be we're going to business and building buildings. The city of Conroe is not really doing that. They're like, oh, we'll do the streets, we'll do this, but then someone else has to bring this in. And I think that's what important people uh, it's important for people to realize is when they hear about this plan, they're like, oh, it's so cool they're doing that. I'm like, well, no one's really doing it. It's like that's what they want to do. Right. So does anybody know any developers? Please call the station and be a sponsor <laughs> while we can get you. <laughs> I knew you were leading there. I'm so glad. Connecting. Uh, yeah, just call us at any time. We do have a phone number at. Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. I think, would you say to a developer, what kind of projects are, are, is the city of Connor looking for to be developed in the downtown? So you got residential and then what other, what other things can you really see? Retail. Retail. So would definitely be another one. Okay. Perhaps even office buildings. Okay. Yeah, I really wish there was a good office building downtown. That way all the cool old buildings aren't taken by lawyers. But, you know, they're they're the number one people you want because they, they pay rent on time. So they're like the best tenants, and they don't care about you raising the rent, right? Because they're like, we're lawyers. We make a lot of money. So, I mean, if I, if I own them, that's – I mean, I understand why they're here. But if we we can just – we can, it's, it's really Frank a starts benefit. looking at the door. It's really a benefit in my my – opinion that you have the county seat here in oh, yeah. Conroe. Mm. Uh, you have uh, you have a workforce here. They have disposable income. Mm-hmm. You have all these folks that are coming in. And if you had the other amenities and the other retail and such, you have a built-in client base already. So if you talk to some of these uh, restaurant owners and operators and what have you, they'll tell you that a lot of their business comes from that area. Uh, comes from the county. It comes from county uh, employees. It comes from the attorneys. It, it, there's there's a lot of good reasons for them to be here because this is a the county seat. It would be nice if um, they had their their space that perhaps was more conducive to the kinds of work that they do. Uh, that we could free up the retail because we have a lot of retail that uh, is occupied in that fashion. But regardless, they're a very important part of our economy. Oh, no, I think the lawyers, if I was a lawyer, that's where I want to be, is on those, one of these cool buildings, and mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to impress clients and stuff. I get it. Yeah. But Nick, I, mean, I would let you be my lawyer. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a really, I have a, I have a complex last name, and that's how it works when in the law world, right? You would just get the jury hung up on your yeah. name like Racehorse Haynes used to put a, a wire in a cigar so it would burn down, but the ash wouldn't fall off, and the jury would just be watching him instead of opposing counsel. Is that when you could smoke inside? Yeah. Okay. I miss those Fair days. Enough. Well, I'm excited about downtown. I will say that. I've been here for about seven years here as a business. Uh, and I would say the growth has already kind of started. It's just in pockets. It's all mm-hmm. around Conroe. I know when my wife moved up here, she was pleasantly surprised, you know, because she had this concept of what Con- old Conroe was. She's from Beaumont, so she gets that a lot about people judging your towns and and I was like, well, if you drive over here, you're going to see something completely different. If you drive over here, and if you go on a, a – I encourage people listening who aren't familiar with the area, take a 30 to an hour drive and just kind of go around and just see what, what, what people are developing. I think the northeast side of Conroe is really interesting because that, there's a lot of industrial things going on up there at 383 mm-hmm. and things in that area. There's, and there's, mm-hmm. large, there's large companies building stuff there, manufacturing, all that kind of stuff. And then there's uh, – Lone Star College system is really creating a network. I think St. Thomas University. Yeah, they're doing, is doing they're bringing something back the, the nursing corner. school up here or something. Yeah, and that's my alma mater. So there's there's some interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see how that actually pans out. Uh, and then there's stuff, and then we have Technology Park, which to me looks like nothing's going on there. But if you drive in, you start seeing stuff. So I'm not really sure how many building, how many buildings are in Technology Park now. I have no idea. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about though yeah, so the area. Mean, it's I, like I, I don't uh, have any idea. 46. Prove me wrong. You're probably right. I, don't I have know. no idea. But I don't the, know. the um, Conroe Economic Development Corporation and uh, the Industrial Development Group have been very, very active for a number of years now, and they've had some big successes. Yeah, 
so I'm excited about seeing that. So again, folks, take you know thirty minutes to an hour driving around on the weekend here. It's good nice. idea. No, it's a good idea because you know we talk about at this vineyard here, this brewery here, or this business here, and stuff that it seems to be every month some news moving in or, or growing to the extent that you know we talk about them, and that's great. I, I, I myself want to know. So cool. I'm, I'm going to uh, do on the tour, and if we do the roller coaster, uh, Danielle, on your show. She's been on other shows. She we're we're a little below <laughs> she, our standard. She's too smart to be on our yeah. a little below your standard. <laughs> below our stand, you know. It it is what it is. We're the bottom half of the barrel. Right. Well, no, it is. It is fun to see because again, like I would, I forgot what the trucking company. I've been trying to get them in because I just want to talk about trucks. And, like they're 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 a transportation business that just moved in. I think mm-hmm. less than a year ago, and it's just. To me, like the, having that variety of businesses in an area is really neat because of opportunities for your family and for other people to get involved with. Because I think that kind of hurts a town long term if you're known for one thing and that's it. And then that business might have a longevity of, you know, 50 years and then it's over. Because I know like here we used to be a timber town. We're not anymore. And there's a reason for that. A what town? A timber town. Timber town. So... But then well, we're an oil town you're for you're a good absolutely bit. right. Uh, you may be too young to remember the Houston of the past when it was just the oil town. And then the well, collapse well, of the economy. Well, then the port, yeah, the port, then it became a port town. The and collapse then, of the economies, though, in the 80s nearly took Houston out because I mean, of the oil industry. I believe collapsed. it. But now, I remember. The oil is so, I mean, Houston is so diversified now. Yeah. It will I didn't realize how important the medical community was. In Houston. Oh, oh, huge! But downtown, me. back in the day, my early days, I was uh, in, in security and I did a lot of downtown property protection. And I, I was there when the whole downtown renaissance started. The first half of my tenure there is when, you know, the skaters took over at night, the urban animals, and it was just mm-hmm. that ghost town. And then someone said, "We're Fertitta uh, uh, said, you know, buy a place. You know, we're going to start building stuff." And I you just turn it around, and now you have, you know, former skyscrapers that are now luxury living conditions. I have a friend who bought this half a million dollar penthouse thing on a former skyscraper. What it is now and what it was then is just staggering. So I know the how important the growth factor is. That you, you don't know when the fortunes turn, and Conroe's got this this upwards trend going on. I'm excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I am. I'm glad that Frank's uh, overseeing all this, and I know he's going to take my uh, roller coaster idea seriously because well, it's that practical. Isn't that basically what the Boring Company is? The, the Boeing? Boring. Boring? The tunnel dude? The Tesla tunnels? Have you not seen that? No. Yeah, he has. He started oh, a company. Oh, talking Elon Musk is. Yeah, he built, he's, he's doing bu- a tunnel in Los Angeles. He's building a tunnel, and what it is, you drive your car, and then it like locks the tires, and it shoots you. And so that way you can travel on far, far ends of towns easier. So that way there's not a lot of traffic in the middle. But see, with my wooden roller coaster idea, we won't lose the flavor of traditional Conroe. See, Dude, Dick, that's not. why that's why I'm the idea guy. Okay. You're gonna sell hot dogs out there? Uh, you betcha. Coney Islands? Or you betcha. Like that? <laughs> I will sell those chili cheese dogs in a heartbeat. That's funny. It's how I roll. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for coming in. My pleasure. Uh, if you want, you want to get out some information? We got cityofconroe.org. That's pretty much where you're gonna find everything that the city's doing. That's correct. Uh, are you, would you, are you in that position where the the meet the twice a week meetings, the open meetings, what do they call them? City hall, city council, city meetings? council meetings. I guess. 
Are you part of that, or is that more of like if you have something going on, you will make an agenda statement? Right. Or, if, okay. if you have an item coming up on the agenda, then you'll be a part of the panel that uh, they're using right now because we're, we're still doing it through Zoom. Yeah. Uh, we don't know how long that will continue, but the governor is directing that. Uh, on the other hand, though, when we go back to regular meetings, uh, all staff are there that uh, – any department, including myself, will be there at a city council meeting. Okay, I was curious because I know that's kind of a neat central place. If you want to, if you're a citizen, and you want to talk to somebody. It is. It's a good place, and, all, and we and we encourage that. Yeah, and I've been to I've been to several of them, and that's one thing I liked is like it's always that that that, that presentation before it starts and after it starts. You see people talking to one another. It's mm -hmm. just like you know, gavel's hit. Let's get out of here. We're out of here. It's not like that at all. So if you do have uh, some concerns and everything, cityconnor.org. There you go. Sean, you all right? You ready to go? I'm good. All right. Well, we're going to I want to thank Frank for being in the yeah. studio with us and giving you time and talking about mm -hmm. it. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm seeing this map, and I know what's around well, the corner. Well, basically, he just sold you a house that hasn't been built yet. You realize that. The, the three-story townhouse? Yeah. I, I'm, as long as I can. See, I, well, yeah, we'll talk off the air about it. But if I get money for that, I'm moving up. Well, there you go. Well, it should be fairly fast since you can pay cash for it. Because <laughs> yeah, radio, you know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. I do want to remind folks we do have a show on Wednesday and Friday. Uh, our special guest Wednesday is hoped to be Dan Zintek. We're going to be opening that or confirming that today. And then make sure to follow us on social media to see who else is coming in. If you're interested in supporting the show, uh, being a guest or, you know, whatever, call us at 936-228-9368. We do have an email address, dickandskippy at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and other social media uh, outlets like that. Just look up Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Uh, yeah, so today's show was recorded, so we are going to be podcasting that later. So make sure to subscribe. And then we also put everything on our Facebook or YouTube. So thanks for tuning in to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We'll see you guys later. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Been 17 years in this old town. Watch the sun come up, watch the sun go down. Not seen everything change, and everything stay the same. Been up that highway once or twice. Even moved off on my old man's advice. But the big town man, it's a whole